Welcome to Language During Mealtime. Certified speech-language pathologist and children's book author Becca Eisenberg brings you creative professionals from the language learning and children's education field. With these ideas, parents can help their children with special needs improve language and reading abilities. Hi, my name is Becca Eisenberg. Welcome to my podcast, Language During Mealtime, episode number 75. Today, I'll be interviewing Michelle Wagner, author of the book, Mickey on the Move. After discovering her adopted son was profoundly deaf in both ears, she made it her mission to advocate for him. After Mickey's bilateral cochlear implant surgery, the journey began. Together, Michelle and her son went for years of extensive private speech lessons in their home, allowing Mickey to progress and be mainstream with individualized help at the school in his town, St. Helena. So you can visit Michelle's website at michellewagnerauthor.com. So thank you so much for being here today, Michelle. Thank you, Becca. It's an honor. Thanks. I'm excited for you to talk about your book, Mickey on the Move. Um, So maybe the first thing you could talk about is just a little bit of a synopsis of the book and just, you know, what inspired you to write a children's book about this topic. Sure. Mickey on the Move is a day in the life or a week, a week in the life of Mickey, who um, is my son with bilateral cochlear implants. And he is who inspired me 100%. And the book takes place in St. Helena, where we live. And it's just about going to his first day of school here in St. Helena, which um, is a big change for both of us because throughout the years since he was implanted at age three, he was going to specialty schools throughout the Bay Area. He started out at the Northern California Hearing and Speech Center. Then we went to Santa Rosa, um, which um, is about... 45 minute drive from where we live and going into the sixth grade he is finally able to go to the school right here in town he could ride his bike there the other children were all typical children which was different because in the past the other schools had other children with hearing and speech um, issues children with cochlear implants that were just like him and this was going to be a change and the first week as you will read in the book is a little bit challenging and through communication and support through the community um, all of our challenges are met and um, this book I think gives hope to anybody who has um, any type of um, new challenge or new experience coming their way. So can you talk a little bit in the beginning about, um, you know, your decision to, um, you know, to, to move ahead with cochlear implants and a little bit also about sign language? Sure. When we adopted Mickey, uh, he was 16 months old and we were unaware that he, ha- that he was deaf. Uh, So after having him um, home for uh, two months, we took him to an ear, nose and throat specialist who tried to give him hearing aids. And then we moved on the fast track to a specialist and we were at um, 
we went and took him to a specialist and they said he is definitely, you know, profoundly deaf. And they said, you as parents have a choice to either have a speaking child or um, a, or a child in the, that is completely immersed in sign language. Mm-hmm. And we decided to, in the beginning, sort of blend, blend them. And we just immersed ourselves with sign language and did everything that we could to communicate through sign with Mickey while we were on a waiting list for him to be approved for the bilateral cochlear implants. Seeing that there was an opportunity and we were able to give Mickey the opportunity to be able to hear with cochlear implants, we wanted to do that. But we found using sign language is something we believe everybody should learn. And um, I, I mean, I'm glad now that I have it in our background. Mickey and I still use it today because even though he has bilateral cochlear implants, when he takes them off, he cannot hear at all. So, you know, there's times when he's swimming or showering or you know, any time where he, we use, still use sign language. And I'm really grateful uh, that we were able to learn it. So what's the experience been like for, you know, from Mickey's perspective, as far as going into the new school and, you know, meeting kids and kind of, and explaining to them about the cochlear implants? Well, as my book describes, there, there were some definite challenges and language barriers that had to be overcome. At first, it was noisy for him. And, you know, in the book, we talk about how he's looking for quiet space. But the biggest thing and one of the main reasons I wrote the book was education and for children to just be aware that that cochlear implants are out there just like people that wear glasses. Mm -hmm. And it's just something that um, helps you get through life. And Mickey is very proud of his cochlear implants and he loves telling them about people about them, but he still does have a language barrier. And for those that don't know him well, it's a little more difficult to understand him. And so he does a lot by showing um, them the devices that he wears on his ears and head, trying to describe all of this. And I think as, you know, as a culture, just in culture here, we we look at somebody with glasses and we just don't think about it twice. And we don't realize that when they take those glasses off, they could hardly see. Mm-hmm. And cochlear implants being around for only 25 years so far are something new and definitely something new to children. Uh, they, If they don't know anybody that is deaf or have anyone deaf in their family, they may not know about them at all. And, you know, Mickey inspired me to write this book, but the real reason for this book was to provide education in the most simple form for people to be aware of just another difference that we have here in this world. Yeah. And I think, you know, just because working in a lot of, you know, I work in schools every day and, you know, for kids, I think it's just about explaining it to them. And educating because kids are not judgmental at all. Kids are very accepting um, and they're curious and they should be curious. And so, 
Um, I think it's just all about them asking questions and you answering it. Um, and I think it's great for Mickey to be, you know, an advocate for himself. Um, and I think that's also something that you talk about throughout the book, as far as him being an advocate for himself, if something's going on or something's wrong, that he lets other people know what's going on so they could help him because they may not know if something's, let's just say wrong or whatever. Like, I think that's just one of the big things as parents is that, you know, whatever tool your child uses, whether it's, um, you know, whether they have classes or, you know, with Mickey has cochlear implants. Um, I work with kids that use communication devices, whatever it is. Um, it's just special tools that we use. And so it's just a matter of like educating other people um, and explaining to them about, you know, what that, um, what a cochlear implant is. And so, so what has been your experience as far as like, since the book came out and explaining it to other people, like and Mickey's role in, in the book? I think it's been, uh, so very surprisingly positive mm-hmm. and, and Mickey is just, he's so excited about about this book and he's like people love it people understand you know what my cochlears are uh his his teachers all of his teachers from past schools present schools his speech pathologist everybody is just excited about it because it really shows in a very very literal like simple way what what these devices are that Mickey wears to help him hear and that it is such a positive, positive thing for him. Mm-hmm. And, and just, you know, the education is great. And I, I hope that, that it inspires other mothers or other children to share their, their differences or to share their challenges. Because it's until you bring it up and, you know, make it alive and bring it out there and, you know, bring all your awareness it's, it's, you know, it's still a big challenge. And I think this, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go, go ahead. <laughs> I just wanted to ask you as a parent, you know, what kind of, um, what advice would you give to other parents who are advocating for their kids who have cochlear implants in going into their, their public school, let's say, or private school? Like what kind of advice would you give them? to to move forward every step of the way with confidence and positivity and and if you as a parent are that it it gives your child more strength more courage and um the power and you know it will help them get through everything because they see that that it, you're making this a positive thing. You're telling people about it. You're advocating for them. And then they will model that behavior. If they think it's something that, you know, is different or you're nervous about, or it's a bad thing or cover it up or something like that, of course, they're going to be more timid. They're going to be more shy. They're going to feel insecure about it. But if you as the parent give them their confidence and stay positive and show that the more you tell people about it, uh, the easier it will be for you to get through life because people are more aware. I think that's, that's the biggest, biggest thing. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Because I think as much as we model something positive, um, then our kids will follow suit with that. Yes. Sure. Um, so what has been one of the, I'm just curious, like from Nikki's perspective, like what has been one of the big challenges from him for him as far as like explaining to other kids about his cochlear implants? Like, is there, has there anything that's been that you could think of that's been more challenging for him that you've had to talk him through as far as explaining to other people? Yes. So one, one thing in particular is, um, his, his speech as it is, um, Mickey, you know, he was, he is deaf, but he also has, um, some cognitive delays and things like that. And, you know, being completely deaf, he never heard language. So he doesn't, you know, know exactly what it sounds like. And through a cochlear implant, it's not how we hear. And so I think his biggest challenge is understanding that, that it is that he needs to take the time to talk slowly and clearly and, and sometimes he doesn't like to go to his speech lessons, but each time um, I do remind him and his speech teacher reminds him that everybody will understand him better the more he practices his speech and that he is getting better because right now it is still, even though he's 12 years old, sometimes difficult to understand him when he's speaking. However, the more he practices speaking and goes to his speech lessons, the easier it will be for him to describe exactly what's going on with his cochlear implants. Not that he just is wearing something on his ear, but that he can't hear at all without them. And, um, and, and that it's, you know, just that he's not afraid to talk about it. Right. So what are some of the strategies that he uses when it is hard to like for others to understand him body language emotion mickey's very empathetic um and sometimes he'll just show what he's trying to explain rather than um get real frustrated or anything like that he definitely has become more confident in explaining himself and as he gets older, his vocabulary gets broader and he can, he can better describe it. Yeah. And I also like that you discussed that you're still using sign language. So I, I think that's probably also another tool that he has, that he uses for yeah. communication. Yeah. I, mean, I think, but I also think that the challenge would be that if the, like you understand sign language, but like for anyone who's listening, who sign language is its own language, full language. Um, so for, like, it really, you know, takes a lot of training and practice for other people to learn sign language. So it's just a question of other people understand sign language, whether that would be an effective tool for him. Correct. And it is some of the most simple parts of sign language are taught to infants and babies from their mothers at a very young age and with maybe being aware of it or maybe not being aware of it and the simple gestures to sort of get by through the day are somewhat universal. And now there are schools 
like our high school here in St. Helena who offers sign language as a second language. Yeah. And I think that is the best thing. I, I think, I believe everybody should learn sign language. I wish I had learned sign language from a very young, young age because you just, you just never know what's going to happen or what's going to come your way. And it, it is so universal. I mean, you know, football players started using it and uh, there are, there are more people that communicate that way. And I think it's, I think it's very, very cool. And I tell Mickey, it's still, it's very cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I've taken, you know, courses in sign language, but I, unfortunately not like a fluent. I know some sign language, but it is like always one of those things that I wish I was fluent in sign language. Um, and I think it's excellent to have schools that offer that as a second language. Cause I think that is just, so amazing. I mean, if I had done in high school, I would definitely have done that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So um, I think, yeah, I think that's excellent. Um, so is there anything else that you wanted to um, add before we finish up? I just, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm honored that you asked me um, to be on your podcast. And I'm just grateful for there being so much awareness now of our differences in this world. And it, and it just seems like the, as each day goes by, there's more and more acceptance out there and encouragement and inspiration. And uh, I would like to encourage everybody out there to shout, shout out their differences and scream them out. And that's what makes the world go round. And no matter what challenge you have, know that, you can overcome it and asking for help is step number one. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. And I love the fact that Nikki embraces the book because I think that's a huge part of it. Yes. Um, is, you know, having him be able to educate other people about it <clears throat> because that is like a life skill as he gets older to be able to explain it to other people and educate other people, which I think is really, really important. So I love the fact that he just really embraces and, and is proud of the book because I think that's, that makes it even like a better tool because he could really use this as a tool to help other people. Yes. And the other thing is, you know, there's a lot of photos in this book and it, there's a photo of a cochlear implant and this book is very approachable. It's very unintimidating. Mickey, if he sees a book with, pages and pages of words. And I was sort of the same way as a child. I, I liked to look at pictures and I think we all are very visual. Um, and this book is, is probably one of the most approachable books out there for anybody to read and look at. And even my Mickey's little cousins who are, you know, three and four years old, love it because of all the bright, beautiful pictures. And it makes, it makes something that might be scary, you know, having an operation and cochlear implants seem like a great, a really just positive, bright situation. Yeah, well, I, I always say that you're never, I think you're never too old to love picture books because I still love picture books and I'm 43. 43? Yes. Not 44. Um, so... Same here. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I love, I'm going to love picture books the rest of my life. Like, I, you know, there's, there's, I have a, a, a very large place in my heart for picture books. So, 
I agree. I think it's you're never too old to enjoy picture books because we all all like I think a lot of people are visual. And yeah. um, there's something about being able to see the pictures and being able to like understand things in a visual way is like I think just wonderful. So um, thank you so much for being on today and um, definitely check out Michelle's website, which is michellewagnerauthor.com. So thank you. Listen and thank you for listening today. Listen and learn with us at Language During Mealtime. Time.